Welcome to the Get to Vet podcast, where we bridge the knowledge gaps in the military transition process so you can focus on what's ahead. Hey there, Get to Vet, Trevor Maxwell, back with episode five of Jose's Planorama. And with me as always, Mike Riggs. Hell yeah. Jose, welcome back. And what are we talking about today? Yeah, thanks. It's been a while. Uh, It has. It has. Uh, So we're going to talk about relocation. You know, uh, so we talked about education last session. uh, And education kind of drives relocation a little bit, depending on where you're going to be. But this today we're going to talk about uh, where you want to move to when you get out. Uh, Believe it or not, some people think that this is an easy uh, thing to accomplish. Uh, but in actuality, it can be pretty difficult because a lot of your benefits are driven by where you want to move to and vice versa, right? They're kind of intermingled. Uh, so yeah, that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to go through. Uh, the steps you need to take in relocation and, and each service is different, uh, but there's a lot of similarities. So, so with that said, uh, transitioning service members of all types it doesn't matter if they're once again if they're being medically boarded if they're being separated at their end of their obligation or their contract uh, etc they're going to have they're going to they're going to encounter uh crossroads and then that, those crossroads are going to be like okay where do i want to live do i want to stay here and in my home in my duty station um do i want to move back to my home or record Do I want to move to a completely different state or do I want to move to a completely different country? And what does that look like? So the first step in doing that is, is once again, reviewing what, what your needs are, right? What, what are your needs? Uh, Most of us who transition out uh, are going to have employment. We talked about employment. We're going to have financial constraints. We're going to have educational needs. How about family needs? Your wife, your kids, school, you know, this district that you want to put your kids in school, everybody, you know, is very, once you, once you have children, it is very important uh, where you put them in school, whether it's private, public, charter, you know, are you going to homeschool? You know, so all that goes into relocation goals and what you want to do. So determine and decide uh, on the location post-military, right? Um, if it's, well, if it's in Virginia, and that's where you separating out of, well, then the infrastructure is already there and it shouldn't be difficult. You probably already own a home. Your kids are already in school. Uh, you already know where the VA is. You already know how to access uh, education, you know, so you're established. So there really isn't a need uh, to really look at this unless you plan to move to another area of Virginia, you know, or, or Alabama or California or Florida, you know. And so then, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's, those, there's a lot of moving pieces to that. Um, typically a service member will get separation orders, right? We all do just like a regular PCS. So you'll get some orders and then what do you do? You call household goods, you know, every service calls a little bit different, but basically it's, you're going to call the household goods office uh, and you're going to schedule that move, right? You're going to look at what your weight limit is, um, what the capacity is. Are you going to do a ditty move? Are you going to do a full complete move or a partial move? Um, so those are all considerations you need to you need to take take into account. Um, you know, you're looking at uh, 
how far, so let's say, for example, a lot of people, this is what I get asked a lot too is, Jose, I'm from, I'm from Kentucky, but I want to move to California. Will the Navy move me to California? Well, they'll move you. Typically, they say they'll move you to your home of record, right? Uh, so it's not like they're going to move you to Kentucky, drop the, the furniture off in Kentucky and say, okay, you got it the rest of the way. Uh, the way I understand it is that they'll they'll pay for what it's going to cost you to move to Kentucky. So let's say it costs you two grand to Kentucky, right? And it's going to cost you an additional thousand to California. Well, uh, then I believe you have to pay for that offset. Now, I could be wrong, but I think that's how that process works. However, if there's questions about that, you know, uh, luckily, you know, when you go to uh, to move.mil, like the Navy has it, there's a number. You call the number, you could speak to a representative, they can tell you exactly the nuances of what you're entitled to, what the Navy will pay for, what they will not pay for, uh, what they will be able to transfer, what they will not be able to transfer. So in other words, can you ship a car? Can you ship a bike? Can you ship equipment? You know, et cetera. Can you store it? So all those are considerations that you need to review, just like we've done throughout your career and every PCS move, this is your final move. So consider this your final PCS and, and, and you follow the same kind of steps that you did every time you transferred to a new duty station. Um, reviewing the benefits in the state, super important, right? We talked about this in undereducation. Reviewing your education benefits are, doing, are super important, but also reviewing your state, your overall veteran benefits for the state you're moving into, whether it's property taxes, whether it's tax exemptions, whether it's education, whether it's, you know, hunting licenses, fishing licenses, you know, healthcare resources, employment resources, every state has uh, their own website, you know. Illinois Department of Veteran Affairs. You can go to IDVA, boom, pops up a website and it tells me everything that, I, that I'm entitled to here in Illinois as a veteran, right? Wisconsin, the same thing. Virginia, the same thing. Florida, the same thing. So once again, a really easy Google search, type in the state you're moving to. What are the, what are the veteran benefits for the state of Idaho? Bam, it's gonna, it's gonna list them all for you. You can go to that website. So reviewing the benefits in that state is gonna be very important. The bigger question is, I would say, is, is moving to that state really going to benefit you? Because I think sometimes we like the idea of, oh, I'm going to move to Colorado because I just love the mountains and I want to go skiing and it's going to be great. But are you getting the max benefit by moving there for your state benefits? And I, and I say that because I encountered that with a veteran that I, that I worked with. Uh, they were, they're from Texas. However, they wanted to move to, uh, to uh, Hawaii. Um, and we sat down with them and I said, okay, you're a resident of Texas. Let's look at your state benefits in Texas. And it listed all these cool state benefits that he could be a part of free education, Hazelwood Act, education for his kid, property exemption for his house, all this other stuff, you know, uh, registration fees waived. I'm like, look at this, these are your benefits in Texas, right? Now let's look at the benefits in Hawaii. And here's the key thing, you have to be a resident of the state. So you have to establish residency. So consider that when you're moving uh, to a different state other than where you enlisted at or other than where you're from, look at the benefits. And yeah, you know, I would probably dare say 
move there first for a couple of years, you know, take advantage of those benefits that you have. If that's your thing, you know, if that's, if you have that luxury, take advantage of it. And then if you wanted to move to, you know, Hawaii or Florida or New York, okay, then do it, you know, but first you want to, you kind of want to, you kind you want to make sure that you're going to be good to go um, when it comes to using your benefits. Now, obviously, there's those people that are just they're like, no, I don't care. I'm going to move. OK, good to go. Just be prepared to know that you're not going to be able to access those benefits immediately from state to state. Some you are, some you're not. So just being able to review that. Um, the next thing I talk about when I sit down with someone is. What are you going to do? Where are you going to live? And once again, you think, well, that's a no-brainer, Jose. I mean, you don't need to you don't need to do this to to tell me that. I'm like, well, you'd be surprised. There's a lot of transitioning veterans that don't think about this stuff, and so that's why I have this conversation. You know, okay, Trevor, are you going to rent when you get back to New York? Are you going to buy immediately? Are you going to live with family in New York? Um, like, what's your living arrangements going to be? And the answer I get is, well, I haven't really thought about that. Okay. Do you know what the rental market is in New York or California or Kansas? Can you afford that in your budget? So that is important to understand. Buying a home. Well, we're going to buy a home when you get out. Okay. Typically the way home buying works is that you, you get, you, you're going to, you know, find a house, you put in an offer, offer the, People say, yeah, we'll take your offer. You go to a lender, the lender reviews your financials. And at the end of that, the lender is going to say, well, uh, you're getting out of the military, huh? Yep. Okay. Uh, what's your income going to be post-military? Well, I, I don't know yet. I'm, I'm looking for a job. Okay. Well, we need to know that you're going to have proof of income or we're probably not going to approve your loan. Is most lenders and Trevor, you could probably be, you're probably more adept at this than I am at describing this, but typically that's how it works. I'm encountering that right now. I have one kid who's transitioning out and, and, and he's like, I'm getting ready to buy a house. I need my VA letter of, of disability. I said, well, hey guy, uh, you don't got it yet because you're not out of the military. You haven't received your final letter of disability from your VA. So, and besides, that's not income, that's disability. It's not taxable. So you can't really... I mean, I get, yes, most people use it as income, uh, but so they won't approve him the loan because he doesn't have steady income coming in. So you have to consider that, you know, at least that's in my experience, that's what I've noticed. So Trevor, you're chomping at the bit to say something. So go for it. <laughs> like uh, making a major purchase like that. That's more yeah. of like a, uh, that has very little to do with whatever your VA disability, that just qualifies you for a VA home loan. Gotcha. Right. And that's basically the VA saying like, yeah, this, this dude's legit, right? He, he qualifies for the VA rates. Um, that, that's, that's a financial thing. It's not like a, a VA disability thing. And, you know, while we're on that topic too, there's some other big things that I always look at when I consider that when somebody says, Oh, I'm going to stay here or there. Like, well, uh, what are the state, you know, state laws concerning certain things? Um, you know, there's some states that I would never live in just because of some of the laws they have, like uh, especially tax laws. Um, I mean, that's you look at California uh, and New York, like the income tax that they have there. Virginia is not too bad. Virginia's, 
you know, five and a half percent. And right now, even the the new governor's working on like, hey, you know, how do we make, uh, you know, up to I think his goal is like to make the first forty thousand dollars of your military pension uh, exempt from taxation. Um, you know, so how do you how do you protect yourself from that? Because you know that that can imagine like, hey, I'm paying this much in taxes. Imagine having to chunk on another six, seven, eight, nine, ten percent of your income towards taxes for the state. Um, it, yeah, so that's that's another huge. You know, there's a lot of financial uh, considerations for that. But yeah, the, the housing one. I mean, you know, it's different. Uh, I think this is a decision that becomes significantly different in terms of considerations when you look at somebody who's just getting out of the military, uh, you know, four to five years versus somebody like any of us who did a career. Um, I don't know. Do you have any statistics on on the likelihood of military retirees to relocate? Because, um, you know, you figure by then you're you're married, you have kids, your kids are in school. You're probably like, oh, I don't want right. to bring my kids out of school. I no no not offhand right now there is there is however uh, believe it or not there is a I do have a website a link that takes you to veteran data statistics and it tells you it's pretty comprehensive I should you know I'll probably share it with you guys uh, on screen so you can see obviously you can't can't see it on a podcast but you can you can definitely it it really breaks it out the map of the United States and it breaks it up by veteran population veteran retirees you know it, so it's pretty interesting pretty in-depth i don't know maybe they have it embedded there but um to to the va home loan certificate eligibility yeah you're absolutely right you can you can print out you can get your va home loan certificate eligibility it tells you yes i'm in charge of you know, yes uh, i'm eligible for my va home loan rates in the particular case i was talking about the service member went through all that process got his coe from the va was eligible for a va home loan went to the preferred lender that he chose and the lender specifically asks, okay, we need proof of income after you separate. Well, after you separate, you don't necessarily have an immediate influx of cash flow coming in. So there goes your proof of income. So he was frustrated because the lender says, well, we can't necessarily approve your loan right now uh, because while you're in the military, yes, you have proof of income, but what happens when you get out? How do I, how does the bank know you're going to be good for this $1,000, $2,000, or $3,000 mortgage. So I don't know, maybe that's something that you'll help clarify. So here's, here's this in transition who's in the middle of closing a deal or trying to get, a, get his lender to approve the loan, but he's got no proof of income post-separation. Did they at least thank him for his service? I think so. so <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Um, yeah. So like, like, yeah, that's a, that's a totally separate, thing right you still have to be able to provide the financials and you have to show steady income and and all this um but you know uh we're talking about that another big one cost of living um that's another there's a there's a really good website that i look at all the time just to kind of compare um it's called bestplaces.net where they they kind of evaluate all that stuff where you can compare like how expensive it is to live here versus here Mm -hmm. um but definitely check that website out, bestplaces.net. Um, that's a good one too, right? Because you, you maybe you say like, hey, you know, I, I wanted to go live here, but it's I could have a better quality of life, you know. 
like it's a it's a lot cheaper in in West Virginia than it is in you know Florida or Cal definitely in California, right? So, um, yeah, that's that's going to put it. You know, yeah. if there's financial considerations, especially yeah. for the the young people, right? So, so this uh, the, the the I think some people are confused with the distinction between eligibility for a VA loan, which you can right. get with a statement of service from your admin department that has letterhead on it that says you enlisted on this date, you are still in the whatever branch of service and you are in, you are still serving, whatever. And then actually getting the VA loan. Right. So the VA certificate just means that the VA is going to back it, back that loan. So I think some folks think that, you know, maybe the VA is giving them this loan or whatever that's not the way it works it's it's navy federal giving you this loan with the backing of the va which means that you don't have to put anything down you know unless you're like i think it's i think the threshold's 100 percent still for or i think there's other stipulations too but you know you don't have to pay the fund where you get exempt from paying the funding fee which is i can't remember the percentage of that either i'm, I'm i didn't do my homework very well but uh, I know it's a lot. It's like the, I think the last house I I bought uh, somewhere slightly north of 300, but it was probably around 10, a little over 10 grand, I think, for a VA funding fee. It sure as hell been 100%. It'd been nice to be 100% disabled then and waived that. But um, you know, another thing I want to I want to talk about uh, just to go back, and I'm not sure. I think I owe some research on this too, but if you separate, they will pay you to go to your home of record. And if you retire, I think they will pay for you to go to your final place of residence or something like that, where you decide within like the United States, you, let's say like Trevor and I enlisted from West Virginia, but I say, you know what? Uh, thanks for, thanks for the 30 years. I want to go and I, I got this hot job and, Seattle, Washington, I'm going to work at Starbucks headquarters. Uh, yeah, you're going to pay for me to go there within my weight limit. They they will do that if you're retired. But if you're a separating, and I'm not, I can't speak to medically separating because I think that's a whole different ball of wax. But I know if you're, if you're retiring, it's not the home of record. It's your choice of residence within the United States. But if it's your, if you're a separating service member and, and you came in from West Virginia and you're in Virginia, well, you pretty much take a, you know, take a piece of string and, and draw you a little, you know, draw a little circle there and hope for the best, you know, hopefully you're under your weight limit. And if you want to go to Kansas, it'll, it'll cover the rest of it. But, um, I think I'm pretty sure that's how that works. Um, yeah, but, so the- and I'm going to, I'm going to look up some stuff here uh, while we're doing this, but you know, the one question I wanted to, to answer to your, to your question about um, funding fee, you know, uh, well, I have to pay a funding fee. If you're using VA home loan to buy or build, improve or repair a home or to refinance a mortgage, you'll need to pay a VA funding fees unless you meet the following certain requirements. You're receiving a VA compensation for a service connected disability. Doesn't even say your percent. You're receiving a service-connected disability. Boom, you don't have. It says you won't have to pay a funding fee. You're eligible to receive VA compensation for a service-connected disability 
but you're receiving retirement or active duty pay instead. The surviving spouse, a service member with a proposed or memorandum rating before the loan closing date saying you're eligible to get compensation because of pre-discharge claim. So once again, uh, this was like two clicks away, bam, I figured out, well, I have to pay a VA funding fee. So that answers uh, that. Answers that so right? it's best if, so it's, you know, it's highly advisable for people to wait hmm. because if Excellent. you're, if you're going to, number one, they're probably not going to give you the, the freaking loan anyway, because you don't have any proof of income right? unless you have something set up, which I mean, come on, we, we talk about this ad nauseum at least 12 months out, start planning your exit strategy. Right. So by the time you at least get to this point, I mean, and you deal with a lot more diverse crowd than, than we tend to run into the folks we run into are, you know, the six months, the, the, the 12 months. And sometimes we get these heavy hitters that are the 24 months out, you know, and they're hell yeah. You know, hell yeah. World star. Yep. Yep. And, but you know, these, the, the folks we deal with a lot of times are, you know, they're, they're already on, they're on terminal and double dipping. So they're crushing it. Yeah. But even to those folks, if you're looking at moving, still be smart about it. Wait until you retire and you've already submitted your, your BDD, you're smart. You submitted your, your stuff benefits delivered on discharge from 180 to 90 days out from separation. So, you know, it's, what was it? You, the stat you threw up there, the other, yeah, was it yesterday or today? On LinkedIn, Trevor, 156 or 152 days, whatever it's taken. To file a disability-related claims right now, they said it's 155.2 days. Damn it, I was close. I was in the, I was yeah. right, I was in the ballpark. You but, were 0.8 days away. Yes. Uh, that's. I think that's, statistically speaking, that's within the, the margin of error. So I like it. Yeah. So, so folks do, do that, you know, and, and then at the end, after you walk out the gate that last time, then go look at it, you know, go, go look for the next thing and, and save all that cash. Cause 10 grand or whatever the, you know, depending on where you're going, obviously, if you're going to California, hell, who knows how much that's going to be. But if you're going to West Virginia, it may only be five to seven grand, but, but still that's money well spent or money well saved depending on how you look at it. Yeah. And that's stuff that you can do. I mean, you could do that ahead of time. Like the, probably the first thing you do, like I always tell people, whether you're building a business or buying rental property or something, build that power team, right? What are the, who does the power team consist of? Well, you know, for uh transition, it depends on what all you need done, but for something like that, like, Hey, I'm going to move to this state. Well, the, probably the first thing you should do is, is find a realtor in that state who knows the market and, and can tell you about that stuff and can introduce you to, cause I guarantee you every, you know, I mean, you know, that we need to have Jim Wilson on here one day done and, uh, we need to get him on here because that dude, he gets a, he gets, I don't know. Is there anything above a for effort? Um, uh, he's a plus plus. Yeah. He's, he's got it. So, but yeah, find a realtor in that area. Cause guess what? They probably already have a mortgage person that can, that specialize, you know, maybe not all of them. Here's something else specializing in VA loans. So uh, I'll throw in a plug here for another guy, Justin Miller from uh, veterans United home loans. Guess what? He specializes in VA home loans, right? Um, you know, so. And, and you can be smart now because you know the Fed's going to raise rates here 
yeah. again and again and again. So right. you could, if you got that job and you can present that proof of income right now, because you've crushed it and you've done well on, on planning your next, your, you know, your next step, your exit strategy, lock that rate in now. So yeah. when you get, do get that, yeah, when you do get that D214, when you do get that disability letter, you're golden. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just basic. That's day week one, day one type stuff. Like know ahead of time, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be just finding out that you can't get approved for a loan for a house, wherever you're going to like, right, right after you've gotten out, like you should, you should know ahead of time, Hey, I can project out. I don't know what my VA disability is going to be right. Obviously that might change the calculus a little bit when you get on the other side of that, but you know, if you're if you're going to school somewhere and, and you're going to be a resident there, I mean, there's like we talked about in the education thing, right? There's other assets or, you know, sources of funding available to you to, to find temporary housing. Might have to go rent somewhere for for a year. Um, you know, I, I tell the story about my dad. He uh, my dad you know, worked 23 years in the coal mines, got laid off, went back to school, learned how to work on aircraft. I come home one weekend, yeah. uh, to <laughs> literally, I came home one weekend just to, to come home to West Virginia and I go over to his house and I knock on his door and he wasn't there. Like I called his, his house phone and I, you know, no answer. And I'm like, where the heck is he? And so finally I called my brother and they're like, Oh, you didn't know. Yeah, he he moved down to Savannah last week. <laughs> All right, he, he got a job with Gulfstream, went moved to Savannah. So finally, I got a hold of him, and I'm like, you know, what the hell? He lived in an apartment for a year, found a house, bought it, like got his feet on the ground. So, um, but yeah, still, you can do that with apartments too. There's realtors can help you find apartments. Typically, they just get like a referral fee. Um, yeah, but this is all things that you should start doing at least a year out, in my opinion. Absolutely. And it all ties into, it, it ties into, you know, uh, everything that we pretty much talked about. There's financial planning, employment planning, education planning, you know, uh, relocating is going to, is going to play a big part in all the, all of the above items, you know, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, those are the kind of things we go through. Uh, we sit down and like I said, you know, I don't know everything, but I can definitely point people in the right direction to the resources they need so that they can find the information that they need so that they're better informed. Because a lot of the times, um, most people don't know where to look, you know, uh, they don't know where to find or access. They don't have, uh, they, they have rough estimates of where these access points are. But they don't necessarily to know to oh well if I could just if I just Google this or if I you know military one source this or VA that they don't know, uh, and and because they've spent a whole career, uh, just because you've spent a whole career in the military doesn't automatically make you a subject matter expert of all things transition and VA benefits related and everyone I think assumes that, and then no that's not the case and, you know this is a, this is a difficult moment. Um, when you're leaving the military, doesn't matter if it's two, 10 or 20, 30 years after it is a, it is a life-changing moment, just like joining the military was life-changing and you had to, what is that? You had to crawl, walk, run, right? Is that, that's kind of how that goes. And the same thing for post-military, except that I don't think you're, you're necessarily at the crawl stage. 
because you've reached a level of maturity, a level of knowledge, a level of financial independence to where you're not necessarily crawling on all fours, right? You're, you're probably walking a little bit on crutches, maybe a little bit until you come off the crutches and now you're at full, full speed like Forrest Gump, right? So, oh. so that's, that's relocation goals, you know, making sure it's, it's kind of a short topic because uh, it just depends on your situation, depends on where you want to do, what you want to uh, where you want to live? Uh, do you want to live? Oh, do you want to live in an urban area? Do you, are you going to live downtown Chicago because you're a city boy? Um, are you going to Are you going to live in the suburbs like the majority of us do? And then there's a, quite a few of us that that really want to uh, follow a dream. And I, you know, a, a long time goal of theirs is to buy some acreage and move to Montana and and move to you know, their, their family, their family's home, uh, where, where they want to, they left the Navy and, you know, now they want to come back to the land that they, that they left, you know, and it was their ancestral home, you know, and there's still a lot of people that want to do that, you know, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. That's awesome that you want to do that, but be prepared. There's one thing that I, I was thinking about, um, that I can't believe Mike or I hadn't brought up yet. Uh, if you're looking at moving somewhere, guess what? Start networking in that area too. We were talking about building your power team. Go find out what are other veterans are over there who have already made the transition. What do they think about it? Mm-hmm. Take a trip out there. Go, you know, go for a, a long weekend or whatever. Um, so, Redeployment site survey. Yep. Do yep. them all the time. Do the same yeah. shit when you PCS. Yep. <laughs> So, I mean, that's, you know, you get house hunting leave, uh, you get job hunting leave, mm-hmm. um, you know, use those opportunities to go to those places and, and get an idea of, of what it's like there on the ground. Um, yeah. And, and find other people that can, you know, help facilitate your success over there. Yeah. too. So. This may help out with that. So there's, there's a link here. Uh, it's called veteransdata.info. This is kind of what I use reference a little bit. It's veteransdata.info. HTTPS, of course, uh, and it and it breaks down into categories: veteran population, Vietnam area veterans, income, housing problems, VA lending trends, and veteran homelessness. So you can go and you click and you highlight on the state that you want, you know. And so let's say we look at Virginia's in red. I don't know why it's in red, but it's in Uh-oh. red. Yeah, veteran population, 677,533 veterans, percent of veterans, 10.5%. Maybe that's why it's red. 10.4, Montana. 10 per, 10, in Montana, there's 10.4% are veterans out of the 85,000 veterans, uh, veteran population there. Wyoming, 10.2. California, 5.2% are veterans in that state. Texas, 7.0. So those are the states with the highest percentage of veterans, right? And so then you figure, well, man, they must have, and then you click on the map of Virginia and it breaks it further down by county. So I can look at Bedford County, Amherst, Nelson, Brunswick, Russell, you know, Gloucester, Isle of Wight, et cetera, et cetera. Chesapeake City has... Veteran population in Virginia Beach, 56,000%. Veterans, 17.3. Right? So this is a pretty cool tool. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a pretty cool tool if you're, gonna, if you're looking at relocation. Uh, it goes into economic factors by state, by national, you know. Uh, 
So earnings, marital status, occupation, household income. So pretty, pretty, pretty interesting tool. Uh, if anybody would be interested in doing that, I mean, you can take take the time and, and go through that and see if that's helpful. Yeah, you but, can look at that too when you when you start thinking about employment. You know, there's there's going to be high defense industry type stuff, hmm. especially for the Virginia area. All right. You know, you get up in the D.C. government, you know, defense, all that kind of stuff is big up there. You know, the San Diego area is the same way. You go to like Fayetteville, North Carolina, it revolves around the U.S. Army and some a little bit about the Air Force. I think it's Pope Air Force Base down there. But, you know, uh, you can look at those demographics and see, you, you know, where are your skill sets? If you want to be in the defense industry, you probably – don't want to go to Nebraska unless it's like off it where I think, uh, you know, Stratcom is at. So right. there's not going to be too many other places for you to really flex your, your, your defense industry knowledge. So to include like West Virginia, I mean, there's really nothing for me to go back there and do unless I, I want to sell meth or go on the police force, which I, I don't plan on doing either. Or both. Or both. In yes. some counties. There's, yes. Very true. <laughs> Right. So, so yeah, that, that's that's interesting data on there, and there's a lot to read into it, and a lot to be, uh, you know, pulled from it. Yeah, you could definitely get into the weeds. You know, they have one that's on income. So if you're looking at relocating and you don't want to know what the income is, veteran household medium income for the state of Virginia, eighty-five thousand four hundred. Don't get fooled. That doesn't mean that you're going to make eighty-five grand if you go to that state. This is median income. That's uh, so. You think that's that's kind of like balancing out between the people that live in um, what's that Fair, Fairfax Fairfax County, County absolutely uh, guarantee you has some of that Pentagon <laughs> flavor to it that right. makes that make millions of dollars the CEO right. of all those big companies and right and I mean, then you have the guys that make you know twenty thirty thousand you got the deck semen out here on the USS yeah. Neverdock so yeah. for example Arkansas medium veteran household income in Arkansas fifty grand. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, so these, I mean, it's yeah, use the data for what you want when you're and you're relocating, but it's, I mean, it's pretty interesting. Florida, yeah, sixty grand. California, seventy-four grand. Medium household income. So, well, that's that's why I say like look at those like the bestplaces.net where you can yeah. actually look at okay, what's the metropolitan area I'm going to be closest to? What are the right. you know what is all that information look like at that local area right because that's where it's going to affect you the most look at you know sales tax like portsmouth virginia 11 percent uh sales tax in restaurants yeah that's you know that's very specific too though like you have to look at them like oh okay um so yeah i mean you know just to kind of sum this stuff up right do your research network build your power team you know figure out the math on that, find somebody that's hopefully part of your power team that can help you get an idea of that. Um, you know, use that network, gather Intel, you know, do your pre-deployment site survey. Um, and the last thing I would say is one thing I forgot to mention is look at where your VA medical centers are at mm-hmm. because you want to be close to access points to healthcare, whether it's VA medical center mm-hmm. or it's uh TRICARE, uh, Tricare in 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 network provider versus out of network provider. So if you're living out in the middle of nowhere, Alaska, 
you're you're going to have to consider what your access point to healthcare is, depending on what your health status is. If you need robust healthcare support, then you may not want to live out. Yep. Out in remote areas. So. And that's that I'd like fun. to bring out. That's a great point because I would like to stomp my foot a little bit on that. So, my wife works for the state of Virginia, and so covered under Anthem, Blue Cross, and Blue Shield. And so I'm retired military, and I took Tricare Select, which is the out of, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll go on base. So let's, as as retired service members, let's not kid ourselves in thinking that Tricare Select is the equivalent of a lot of these major providers like Anthem and some of these other folks out there, because you can go to the vast majority of medical providers and dental providers. And now I get it. TRICARE select doesn't cover dental, but you go to, let's say primary care, you will have to search to find someone that's going to take TRICARE select. You will not have to search very far at all to find somebody that's going to take Anthem blue cross and blue shield. So, you better plan accordingly for that too. Cause if you move in the middle of nowhere, you might drive You might be having to drive your ass two hours to go to a, somebody that's going to take TRICARE select because that's just not, people don't like taking TRICARE select because I'm pretty sure they're not paying the whole, like blue cross and blue shield or Anthem or Aetna or whatever, all these other big name, you know, insurance monsters are. So be careful with the way you shop that stuff around and don't think just because, Oh, I got my, uh, you know, I go off base now because I got TRICARE select. Not necessarily, man, do your homework because it's not a skeleton key to get in wherever you think you can, because a lot of providers won't take it still. They'll take other stuff. Maybe you could go a lot of, you know, you can go to a lot of these, like the, the organization I work for, I could have taken their healthcare and it's not really that expensive relatively, but I'm not going to, I mean, I already have stuff through my wife's, uh, you know, job and it's, it's phenomenal, but you know, and I've got those two, I kind of double, you know, I've got probably way too much redundancy with that, but uh, that's what I just chose to do to cover all my bases, but don't, you know, be careful, be selective with select. I'll just use that. Yeah, some uh, even prime like we I think we discussed this before, like here where we live, Portsmouth Naval Hospitals, you know, a 10 minute drive for us. But guess what? They don't see retirees anymore. However, we did find out that there's a, you know, a clinic uh, prime has clinics uh, where they do see prime uh, TRICARE prime members. Um, well, I'm like Mike though. I'm a select guy, but it's like re- literally like right at the entrance to our neighborhood. It was hidden in one of those little corporate office complexes. Yep. So, but yeah, those are, that, that's all the relocation. Those are all the relocation considerations. And there's probably many more, but you know, just this, this is a good example and a good start to all that kind of good stuff to, to, to consider when you, when you're getting out of transition. Yeah. Don't forget your wife gets a vote. That's why I'm still on Hampton Roads. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. That's why I'm in Illinois. <laughs> yep. All right. Good All right. episode. What's uh What's our next topic? So now I think we're getting into a very, a very uh, into the weeds topic uh, and a topic of interest to a lot of people. I think How, filing your VA claim. Oh yes. Oh boy. I know that was a, a good one. 
that was the one we did last time was super long very yeah. good episode so, but i think that's like one of our most listened to episodes that right. and the one where uh chad monroe was talking about some of the alternative treatments he was doing yeah so um, i want to i think this one you know it's kind of a, hopefully a part two of that one but i want to go into if it's okay with you guys uh more into take a deeper dive let's say into the VA claim process, et cetera, et cetera, without spoiling the next episode. <laughs> I think that's, that's probably a good, I mean, yeah, we could make that a, an extra long episode too. Cause I think that's, it's one that's definitely or break it up into two parts. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's, it's one that definitely merits that, that kind yeah. of attention. So yeah, especially we've all three been through it. Yep. Absolutely. And we all have our experiences and that's what, that's what this is. It's, it's not, we're speaking from our personal experiences and, and what we did and what was good and what was bad. And to this topic before we, and I know we're going to get into it later, but I get on, you know, Reddit and I read some of the subreddits on there that some of these guys have questions on and it floors me that nobody speaks to them about some of this shit. Right. You know, guys don't even guys don't know what they're doing. They don't have, they have a VSO that just literally sits on their thumbs all day and doesn't, they don't do anything for them. You know, they don't know, uh, you know, what to expect at all about, you know, as far as their appointments are concerned and those types of things. It's just amazing. I was fortunate to have the best VSO I could possibly ever ask for. God bless her. Um, but some of these folks out there are just getting really shitty advice. You know, great friend of mine got some advice that the guy said, you know what, don't even file a claim. Just wait until you're separated, wait till you're retired. And then uh, I'll file your claim for you. And I'm like, what kind of load of crap is that? Uh, so, you know, there, there are a ton and ton of sea lawyers out there that, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into that. We'll, we'll dive a lot, hell of a lot deeper into that, but yeah, this is a near and dear topic because it should be very important to everyone that's getting out. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Looking forward to it. All right, okay. Jose, we appreciate your time and uh, we'll see you next episode. Absolutely. Have a good Thanks, one, guys. everybody. Have a great day. Yep. Thank you for listening to the Get to Vet podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and follow us on LinkedIn. If you'd like to come on the show, email us at Mike or Trevor at gettovet.net. That's get the number two vet.net. And let us help you get to vet.